Welcome to the Awakening Women podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Oten, and for about the past seven years, I've been a practicing holistic counselor and coach, guiding women to their empowerment, wellness, and wholeness through my holistic counseling and transformation methods. On this podcast, we go deep into self-empowerment, conscious growth, and breaking free from emotionally painful relationships. Think of this as your weekly dose of empowerment and personal growth. We will explore conscious evolution, emotional intelligence, getting in touch with those deeper parts of our being, as well as psychology and relationship discussion. I can't wait to get started, so let's dive into So we're going to be talking actually about covert verbal abuse because... It's very easy to pinpoint overt verbal abuse when somebody is calling you names and swearing at you and yelling at you and and saying horrible things to you directly. But what I I notice with a lot of women that I work with and women that I I read your stuff in here and in the ATC group is that um, they don't actually fully understand the different types of verbal abuse and you have to understand this and the reason why is because when you understand it's happening then you have power. Um, So understanding that covert emotional and verbal abuse is hard to pinpoint because it's hidden. Um, So your partner could say something to you that you can feel it like it's like a punch in the gut and someone else could be standing there beside you and not even get that, that that's what was happening, but you know, right? You know, because you feel it, you know the, you know what the intent was there, you have experienced it before, so you get it. Really, the whole thing here is that awareness is power, um, and that's what we're gonna dive into. So we're gonna go into five types. There are many different types and ways that this can show up, But the intent with it all is to have power over and have control. And someone who is confused, you don't know yourself, you don't know what you meant, you don't know yourself really well, we're easier to manipulate when that's the case. And when we don't have awareness, we're easier to manipulate. So we're going to go over five types along with the phrases that you will hear when these types are happening. Oh, before I go on, wait a second, hang on here. I just need to do a quick disclaimer that this is actually for educational purposes only and it's not therapy or coaching. This is not to be seen as therapy or coaching or giving me giving you any direct advice. Um, if you need to seek mental health support, please do what you need to do to take care of your mental and emotional health. The first one is words or phrases that define you. So you may not notice that this, you may not know that this is actually a form of verbal abuse. Things that you'll hear when this is happening is things such as, Um, Well, he's telling you who you are, right? And of course, this can actually happen in any relationship, but we're here to talk about relationships of the intimate variety. That in mind as we're talking through this, because this could happen with a parent, it could happen with a friend, it could happen with anyone. But it's being told who you are and what you are. So phrases like, you're such a blank. We can all fill in some of those. Or you're abusive, you're cold, you're cruel, you're greedy, you're impossible, you're a liar, you're a nasty person, you're too sensitive, you're too paranoid, you're crazy. Those kinds of um, statements because you're being told who you are, you're being defined by someone else. And so when we're not aware that this is happening, we start to take that on as truth 
and we start to believe that about ourselves. This is one of the things that happens in these covert types of abusive relationships is that you start to believe some of those things and it starts to wear down your sense of self. And so you're easier to manipulate when you believe those things about yourself. If you believe that you really are too sensitive or you're overreacting or you just like to start a fight and all that. So the first one is words or phrases that define who you are. The second is, is tells you what you're doing. So this is where you make an intention to maybe repair a conversation or talk about something came up that you're not happy about or that upset you. And instead of the issue being addressed, the attention is diverted off of the topic at hand to tell you what you're actually meaning to do. So some of those phrases are, you're being dramatic, you're obsessing, you're looking to argue, you're fighting with me, you're going on and on, you're exaggerating, you're not listening, you are overreacting, you know, those kind of things. That is, that right there is a form of verbal abuse. And it is emotional abuse too, obviously, right? Because emotions do come up from those kinds of instances. Because instead of your reality being verified and validated, you're, instead of it being addressed, now you're looking at, well, you're just dramatic. You're obsessing. You're just listening to that kooky counselor or whatever. Like I've heard clients say that, that I've worked with. This is really important for you to understand that this is a form of diverting the attention off of the issue. So then what can happen there is that you're arguing about how you're not trying to start a fight how you're not exaggerating and how I'm, you're not looking to argue. So then you're arguing about that and then what happens? The actual issue doesn't get addressed, right? Can you relate to any of this, ladies? The third one is that he tells you how to feel. Again, this is a really sticky one because again, if you are vulnerable to this, then you're not gonna notice what's happening. Statements around that are, you're never happy, you're always miserable, you're over worrying, you're selfish, you enjoy arguing, you only care about yourself, just as examples. So again, it's telling you how you feel. Oh, you're just so miserable. Oh, you're so depressed all the time. Or you're angry all the time. That's a really common one. You're always so angry um, when you're bringing up issues or um, maybe you do feel angry a lot because of what you're experiencing. So then you're, again, the focus is taken off of the issue and it's about your anger and how you need to get help because you're depressed. You're always miserable. You worry too much that you're overthinking. Um, when you set boundaries, you're told you're selfish. So all of those types of things um, are a form of, of more covert emotional, um, verbal and emotional abuse really. Because you start to wonder, well, am I always miserable? Is it me? Am I the one that's the issue? Am I over worrying? Am I being selfish? Maybe I need to give more and not, you know, back down and not um, be so much of who I am. Maybe I need to dull myself down. So that's what happens over time. So the third is that he tells you how you feel and what you are doing. And the fourth one is that he tells you what you need and don't need. So some of those phrases are, you always need something to worry about, or you always have something to worry about, or you're always worrying, those kind of 
you know, it could be any variants of these ladies. It's just, you know, you get the idea that you need to toughen up, that you're too sensitive. Some of these do overlap, right? Because some of them are very similar with different types, different categories. You need to go to therapy. You need to work on your self-esteem. You need help, those kinds of things. Or you need to start doing this. You need to stop doing that. And that's just how it goes round and round and round. So the fourth one is that he tells you what you need and don't need. And I'm sure as you're listening to this, you're maybe even seeing some of some things in this that you have done yourself or said yourself. And what I really want to highlight here is that yes, be self-aware, be aware of when you're doing some of these things, but you could easily feel like you're saying to your partner, your, you know, your behavior is, you know, it's upsetting or something like that. So then you're, you're not saying you are this, you're that you're saying you're this, this behavior, this, what is happening here. This is the impact on me. Um, but you may also see some of this in yourself. So it is self-awareness, but it's also, as I always say, intent is everything. So with your intent, you're likely trying to get the abuse to stop. You're not inflicting it. You're trying to get it to stop. So if you are saying you're abusive, you're this, you're that, or you're always so angry or you're miserable or whatever, because he probably is, right? You're saying it in a sense of like, I, I want this to stop. You're not trying to inflict harm, right? Hopefully, um, maybe you are, be honest, but really looking at your own behavior. That is all I talk about is, I mean, aside from let's be aware of it because awareness is power, remember that. So when you have awareness, then you can do something different about the problem or your part in it or your entanglements in it emotionally. It's also about turning that on yourself and going, okay, so where do I do these things? Where do I need to clean this stuff up, clean up my side of the street so that I'm approaching this in ways that are not out of integrity with who I want to be right? Don't allow yourself to be changed in a negative way because of someone else's behavior. And this is what can happen. All right. The last one that I want to touch on is that he tells you what to do. And again, you might not recognize that this is actually a form of verbal abuse. So here are some really common ones that I have heard. You're always making me the bad guy. You're always blaming me for everything. <laughs> always make it about me. Find something wrong with everything that you do these things, that you insist on fighting all the time, that you won't let things go, and that you're always looking for problems. Some variances of those, right? So you may not know that these are forms of verbal abuse. Like were any of these a surprise to you? This We really just touched on this, but it's really important. And I just literally touched on the tip of the iceberg here. This is only five. There are many other categories and many other ways and forms, but these are some of just some of the most common ways. But just pay attention to when you are working to address something and somehow the next thing you know, you're arguing about yourself. Like the argument turns on to you that you're a problem or there's something you need to do so that you're not bringing that up anymore, basically, right? It's like, you just need to go deal with yourself. Stop getting on me. Um, you're the problem. You need to stop overthinking so much. You're so dramatic and you're so sensitive. You can't take a joke. So then the, the behavior itself it's never addressed because you're going in these crazy whirlwind cycles and circles. 
And so that's where it's important to learn how to remove yourself from that when that's happening. There's many different ways you can do that. There's many different responses that you can do to that. But one that I really like is, I know what you're doing. Stop it. We're talking about this. Try that on the next time. It's really, it's, and he might be like, oh, whatever kind of thing. doesn't really matter. You just, I know what you're doing. Stop it. We're talking about this. We're talking about what you did, not me right now. If you have an issue with me that you want to bring up, you're free to do that once we are finished this conversation. And that's just a really good staple baseline one that I teach is just to learn that way of not allowing the conversation to get convoluted and all twisted and diverted onto another subject because that's how they get away with it. If you're not aware of it, you're spending the time just defending yourself and um, explaining, over explaining. That's not what I meant. That's not what I'm doing. That's not who I am. That's not what I meant to do. And so then the issue at hand never gets addressed, which is quite handy for them, right? So it's up to you. If you're still living with someone like this, if you're still with the partner, of course, is that you don't allow it to go there. Right? There's ways that you can do that to stick with the topic at hand. Not saying it's easy a lot of the time. Sounds familiar. I hear a lot of these. Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Totally get this. How are you supposed to respond when they make comments like that? Well, I just gave you one example. Something very simple. I know what you're doing, so stop it. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about when you said this and did this thing and get very detailed specific you did this thing on this day this is what we're talking about if you want to talk about something that i've done you're free to do that but not right now yeah watch them squirm when you do that i feel like i've said those things recently in my healing journey with my husband yeah i mean that's again it's it's really important to just be aware of the intent um alana hopefully i answered that question about what do you say i gave you a, a good example in there. How do you respond when triggered by their behavior in a way that isn't reactive and doesn't contribute to the cycle they try and rope us in? I just I gave everybody a really good example there to practice that one, but you also have to be able to be very much in your power and grounded. Um, if you have to leave the interaction and then go back to it so that you can go back to it from a calm, grounded place, then do that. Because yeah, it's best not to go into the situation and be triggered and then your reaction becomes the focus like whoa you're woohoo right because you're reacting so you that's what i always say do your very best to do whatever you have to do to take care of yourself so you are not emotionally reacting easier said than done this is why the work is with lies within us not that you're ever responsible for the abuse <laughs> i think all you ladies know what my message here is not intended to say you're responsible for the abuse at all because you absolutely are not. He is 100% responsible for his side of the street and how he reacts. You're responsible for how you respond, what you do, your boundaries, how you're taking care of yourself, developing yourself, developing that relationship with you so that eventually you'll get to this place where you value yourself so much you're not going to even like tolerating somebody not valuing you will become absolutely intolerable. It'll just eventually you will get there if he's not going to change. It's a natural process. Like we don't have to force anything, but we do need to turn that focus inward and do the work 
to unravel um, the pieces within us that have been a match for this emotionally, energetically, just the patterns, right? Because if you don't do this work and you leave, and this happens often with women I've worked with, I know women that it's happened with, it happened with me, where you leave one and you end up in something that's even more covert and manipulative and you don't realize it till you're knee deep in it or maybe neck deep. Yeah, you want to do that work. Absolutely. I have an alpha attitude too. I'm type A. I am, I'm like a spitfire. I don't tolerate shit. So you probably know that about me. Um, I'm also very sensitive. I'm very empathic. Like I'm highly sensitive. So I'm sensitive to toxicity, right? But I also don't take any shit. So yeah, it's easy to react and you don't allow it to just happen. That is the whole point. I am not saying allow it to happen. Absolutely not. That's the absolute opposite. But it's in how we go about it. Right? It's in how we go about it. What if someone is erratic or angry to the point where they're not listening to anything you're saying? Yes. Yeah. So that would be a very good time to back away, take space in the conversation and say, you know, you obviously are not in a place to have an adult conversation right now. And I'm not available for this. What's happening right now. I won't be in your space. I won't allow you in my space when you're acting out in anger. So we can revisit this later when things are calm but set those boundaries because you don't need to be in that kind of energy with somebody else. You don't need to subject yourself to that. Uh, if he wants to act like an ape, then you pull yourself away and you just simply set this new boundary of I'm not available for this anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. So when you do this, this is what I'm going to do. And then you make sure that you back that up with action and you follow through. A lot of this has to do with working on you. It's not because you're not going to be able to change the other person, but you can change yourself. You can change how you're responding and reacting. The, and the other thing that I teach in my boundary boot camp in ETC is um, the different types of boundaries you need to master. But boundaries are pointless unless there's a consequence that you actually back it up with right? A boundary, and I've said this before on the podcast and probably in here, that a boundary is not a request. A boundary isn't a preference or I would love it if this happened. A boundary is if you do X, I do Y, and you do it. That's it. And it's not that they're they're easy. Sometimes it's uncomfortable because you get pushback and flack and all kinds of reactions from the other person when you set the boundary. Well, you're going to have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable um, because that's how they get away with it, right? They make it about you that you're being selfish or you're making a mountain out of a molehill. And what about you? You did this, you did that. Never are they actually saying, hmm, what part do I play in this, right? They're not doing that, but I can guarantee Every single one of you on here, or if you're on the replay, you're asking yourself, what's my part? What am I doing? What do I need to change? Is it me? How many women I've gotten DMs from, like how he says, I'm the narcissist and I think I might be. So how do I know? Well, if you're asking that question, you're not, right? That's pretty, pretty predictable. Uh, So does it make sense trying to communicate what bothers me to begin with since he won't be listening anyway and we won't be able to actually talk about it? It's so energy draining. Yeah, exactly. 
You have to protect your energy. It's the way you do it, right? Like if you just say, yeah, I don't really like it when you do this and you're very um, wishy-washy, I just mean it like energetically, you're not fully embodied in, you're not embodying uh, what those are, what those boundaries are. It's all in how you you approach it. But yeah, you don't wanna get into a situation where it's completely draining your energy and you're leaking your power. And so then it's just, it's not gonna go well. The lady that's asking this, I'm pretty sure that you're in ETC and in there I actually write out like how to, how to, <clears throat> pardon me, how to do this in a proper way. Like a certain way that we do this when we're approaching about this. I exhibit this behavior when I become triggered, like I'm in survival mode if my husband even just asks me to do the dishes or I forget something and he calls me out and I start accusing him of being abusive again. It's so hard to see. Um, and recognize in the moment if it's normal or abusive I hear you I'm grateful to see this that it's not him exhibiting this because I know it is I who has been accountable this time yeah so be accountable to your own behavior that's the exact point because you can't change what he's going to do or not do so if you own that you have some of these tendencies as well and it can happen where there's the mutual abuse in a relationship, but it's usually driven by one person. Like it's not, it's not usually both people that are the perpetrator, for lack of a better word, the one that is like instigating it, right? Very early on, you'd see there's an issue, right? Yes, just look at your part in it. That's, that's the only thing you can do is work on your side of the street. Um, get really clear in what those boundaries are, the non-negotiables and... Make sure you have some kind of a consequence backing it up that you are going to follow through with because the worst thing you can do is set a boundary and not back it up with an actual consequence, right? Otherwise, it's going to be like, oh, okay, whatever, right? It's not going to be seen as that you're serious. You're right. When we work on ourselves, the universe realigns to make things happen for us. They're the epitome lesson of learning about self-love. It absolutely is. It, it absolutely is. Um, I used to think that the whole self-love thing was like, <laughs> like so gross because I was just so like driven and type A and get shit done. And that was like my personality, like so tough and driven and all that. Um, and then when I started with the self-love stuff, I'm like, oh, this is nauseating. <laughs> but, um, but it's true. I mean, when you true, truly do love yourself, it's not just like, oh, I love myself. And it's like superficial, not like that. It's like, Hang on, I hold reverence for me. I protect me. Um, some of the most powerful work you can do to heal and do that past uh, like childhood healing and really learn self-love is to do inner child work. It's one of the most powerful things that you can do because you start to learn um, that there is a little girl inside of you that has things that have not been met. And when you're triggered and you're emotionally triggered and traumatized, it is most often, I'll say most often, again, this is not therapeutic advice. I'm not offering counseling here. This is just what I'm saying is how it usually works. Is when you are highly, highly activated when something happens with your relationship, it is almost always pointing you toward something that happened in your formative years. So pay attention to those triggers that come up that are really intense, like you just feel this full-bodied like trigger response it is likely linked to something from your childhood or one of your parents so this is why we need to do this work 
And it's not to make it okay or to let shit happen. No way. I am not about that. Um, it's not about letting things happen or letting them get away with anything. But it's how you go about it. It's embodying this empowered, high-value woman. Like, you value yourself and you're like, no. Like, I am just, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, and what can happen is that you grow to this place and evolve to this place where the next natural step is like, you're not changing. This is continuing and I'm out, right? It doesn't have to be forced. Uh, the other thing that can happen, as I've said, that is rare. I don't see it very often with the women I work with, the women who've taken ETC. It's very, I mean, I would have to check in with all of them, but I know of, I think one, um, just in the last few sessions um, of the group coaching intensive, I think I know of one. There are a few in the uh, my other ETC group, but it's rare. Like most of the time, it's it, it involves leaving at some point. So I'm not going to pussyfoot around it and make it sound like, oh, maybe there's this wonderful ending. I don't know that. The only way you're going to know that is if you do the work to strengthen yourself and then go, is this what I want anymore? Because he's not into evolving. I've also heard what happens is sometimes so much has happened and maybe he does see the light and he's like, okay, let's work on it. He finally, like the last 11th hour, right? <laughs> all right, let's work on it. I'll go to counseling when all this damage has been done and you're like, I don't know if I can even do this another day. Like, I don't know if I have anything else left to give. So it can go either way, but, but the point here is focus on yourself. This is what I teach in my 30 day intensive in ETC is you take that 30 days and you're basically shrinking them down and putting them on a shelf and you're not even really paying a whole lot of attention to him and what he's doing, what he's not doing. You're focusing all that. Whenever you go into that space, you're focusing on you. You're doing your work. You're doing the process. You're working on the things that you need to face so that you can get some clarity either way. Because living in limbo is horrible. It's, it's such a, it's a splitting of energy when you are in this state for a long period of time, years and years. I just put a podcast out about this today, about what are you committed, what are you committed to? Um, and a lot of times we're committed to limbo, like in and out. Okay, it's good. It's not, it's good. It's not like, ugh, it's like exhausting. So it's really just doing a bit of a shift there. And sometimes what I suggest to women is to, even though you're not sure what's going to happen, that's okay. You can commit to something. So then at least you're empowered. So what I have the ladies do in the group, in the program is commit for 30 days to you. That's your commitment right now. And that just takes a weight off because you're not, you don't need to commit a lifetime commitment right now if you don't even know what's going to happen, right? But you've got to commit to something. So I did a challenge many years back and the challenge was called commit to you. So can you commit to you? That's your commitment. You don't know what's going to happen with the relationship and you're okay with that and you're able to detach from that to some degree. But the commitment then becomes about you doing everything that you need to do within your power to become healthy, to have healthier thinking, to have healthier emotions, to take care of yourself to have really deep, a deep level of self-care in there and really looking at the truth of the situation. 
that's the work. Self-accountability is also self-love, yes, as is integrity. So doing what you say you're going to do. So if you set a boundary and you don't follow it, you're out of integrity with yourself. Self-love is so many layers, not just self-care, but it's boundaries, learning how to say yes, no, and people-pleasing, yes, exactly, exactly. There's so much to this, but the point here with what I wanted to share is becoming aware when, when and where you lose yourself. And when somebody is, and getting to really understand and know what is manipulation, because even in um, ETC, where women are posting in the, in the group, they don't, still don't even quite see what's happening sometimes because it's, it can be so covert and so insidious of like, I, I've heard things like, you're ruining our family. You're a horrible mother because you're leaving and breaking up our family. I'm willing to work on it now and now you're it's your it's this is on you it's your fault which is a form of verbal and emotional abuse in itself because the person is not taking any ownership of like how did we get here what's my part in this it's like I have mistreated you for x amount of years and now I'm finally saying let's work on it whether it's real or not and I expect you just to snap your fingers and be all on board after all the damage um so this is your fault I told you I was going to work on it and you made the choice, right? So that works for them, doesn't it? Because they get to come off looking squeaky clean. All right, ladies, that is what I wanted to share with you. Thank you so much for joining me live and joining the conversation. If you are listening on the replay, certainly um, type in the comments what came up for you during this this chat we had. Oh, last but not least, I need to let you know that the Own Your Power video series starts on September 7th. And we're doing it here in this group. If you are on the ETC waitlist, that will also um, be where you'll be getting emails regarding the, the video series. So if you're on that waitlist, you can expect to get all of the Own Your Power series emails, as well as get a notification when I open the registration for ETC. I only run this two to three times a year. Um, so the next one won't be until 2021. So in sometime in January, I think, or February. So if you have been wanting to get some support and help and mentoring in a group environment with other women going through it with you, this is your opportunity. Um, so as long as you're on the wait list, you will get notified with all of that. You will get the emails that go with the live videos I'm doing in here, just like this over three days, where we're really talking about the steps to empowerment the steps to stepping into your power and what that looks like so i'm looking forward to teaching that to you all thank you so much for tuning in to this episode i'm so grateful that you chose to tune in and take the time to be part of this movement and this message if you'd like to join a community of awakening women i invite you to join our private facebook community for career and entrepreneurial women who are working on breaking free emotionally from unhealthy and stressful relationship dynamics in their life. The other thing that I would recommend is that you follow me on Instagram at Awakening Women. And lastly, if you love this episode and this show has served you, please take a moment right now and leave a rating and review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. And I'll speak with you again in the next episode. Take care.
You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.